Welcome to Attachment Theory in Action, a weekly podcast presented by the Knowledge Center at Chattuck. Our podcast is dedicated to therapists, social workers, counselors, and psychologists working with clients from an attachment-based perspective. Join host Karen Doyle Buckwalter for an insightful, informative, and inspiring conversation with leading attachment theory researchers and clinicians in the field. Today is a very special episode, as Karen hands the reins over to Josh Carlson, director of the Knowledge Center, to discuss the new book, Raising the Challenging Child, co-written by Karen and Chattuck CEO. CEO Debbie Reed. This is part one of their conversation. Part two will be released on November 26th. Hey listeners, I have some exciting news for you. The book Raising the Challenging Child, which has been co-authored with Debbie Reed and Wendy Lyons Sunshine, is available for pre-order and we want to tell you where to get it. Please go to our website RaisingTheChallengingChild.com for full details on how you can pre-order from your favorite bookseller. I know a lot of you are therapists and parents and really wanting to get the concepts of attachment theory and everything that we talk about in our podcast into practical nuggets for parents that you work with, children that you work with, even your own family. So we think this is just what you're going to be looking for. The book is filled with easy to implement, research-based, family-tested strategies. We hope you'll go out and pre-order today. Welcome, everyone. Um, Welcome back to the podcast of Attachment Theory in Action. I'm your guest host today, Josh Carlson, uh, the director of the Knowledge Center at Chaddock. And today I have with me two guests, two very special guests, Karen Doyle Buckwalter, who is obviously your normal host, um, but kind of turning the tables on her yet again um, with this opportunity to talk with her a little bit about a book that she has co-written, along with my other guest, who is Debbie Reed, President and CEO of Chaddock. So welcome and thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And just here right off the bat, would like to also offer that our third author is Wendy Lyons Sunshine. Um, since she's not in the podcast today, just wanted to make sure that we credit her. Absolutely. Thank you. So, and so let's kind of dive right in to this book that you two have worked uh, so hard on called Raising the Challenging Child. Um, so one of the questions that, that first popped into my mind was why? Well, um, I think a lot of authors get asked, why do you, why did you decide to write a book? But I think I wanted to dive a little, take it a little bit different direction and said, what about the material? Like what about these lessons? What about raising a challenging child? What spoke to you as professionals, as mothers, as Um, people in the field of human services that led you to write this book? And Debbie, I'll let you go first. Sure. I think, you know, having worked in this industry for now 25 years, one of the, the frustrations that I've had, and I think many of us in this field have, is the fact that, that we, we provide services for kids with a higher level of need but we, w- we would love to work ourselves out of a job. We would love for parents to have the supports and the information that they need to really support their child in the best way possible. And so we saw this as a great opportunity to take what we've found has worked using research and our own trial and error and 
um, really bringing the, the latest thinking and best practices into working with really difficult children and applying those to an average family situation. You might not think of your child as being a challenging child, but raising children is a challenging experience. Yes. And even the best children have moments where they are challenging. And so really taking the concepts that we have developed over many, many years here at Chaddock and applying those to what any parent could use in a home situation with their child. Yeah, but and when you when you were talking about that, not every child is quote unquote challenging, but being a parent can be a challenging experience. You know, I think that I had a choir director that said, you know, you can never practice, you can never sing a piece of music and say, oh, I sang that song too well. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of like being a parent. Like you can never walk away and say, I was just too good of a parent today. There's always room for growth. There's always room for development for a deeper connection, um, for doing things differently. And so I think that in some ways that's what this book helps us to do is take a step back and evaluate how we're parenting and how we can um, bring our relationships closer together with our children. Absolutely. And the, the lessons are very simple in concept, hmm. but they are universal enough that, uh, you know, when you're in a particular situation with your child, some of the lessons can can pop into your head and just serve as cues um, to help you respond um, in the way that you might best hope to in a given situation. Um, you know, usually the challenging moments don't happen when we're calm, cool, <laughs> well rested, and have no stress in our life. Right. right? They're they're those situations where we have lots going on in addition to what the child. Um, is is presenting and so to sometimes those cues can really help you get back to your wisest self in how you interact with your child it's almost like you, you can take these lessons and it's almost like someone standing off in the corner of the room with a cue card saying try try this one if you know you're you need to do something differently what you're trying to do isn't working try it this way and trying to come up with those ideas and those approaches in the heat of the moment is not usually when we can access our wisest self. And so to think through and, and have an understanding of these simple lessons, simple doesn't mean easy, but right. simple lessons, then when you do get in difficult situations for your child, you can draw on those um, so that the two of you together can can really strengthen your relationship through the experience rather than get into power struggles mm. um, or or drive a wedge in that relationship. Yeah. Karen, for you, what what about this material was important for you? What what um what about it uh is is you know drives your passion or um as as a professional, as a mother, uh, and so forth? I think for me, looking at um, attachment theory and understanding the brain and understanding trauma, working in our niche, uh, which is attachment and trauma, often within the foster and adopt system, learning all of that information and trying to understand the complexities of these children, 
as time went on, it became more and more clear. Now, wait a minute. A lot of what I'm learning here is not just about children who've experienced trauma or children from the foster care system. It was becoming more and more clear how this was impacting my own parenting and the way I was thinking about my children and having colleagues um, inside of Chaddock sharing, wow, like I did this with I, I tried this thing with my uh, kid at home, you know, that was really effective for one of our kids last night in the cottage when they were having trouble sleeping. And I think we, we have a pretty specialized niche. And so it was, it was a matter of like, wait a minute, some of this really applies to the masses. You know, we, we, we need to be telling other people about this, not, not just people within our specialty area. And I think that sometimes as a clinician and somebody that works in um, the child welfare system, who works with children and families, we're around some of this so much that we start to take it for granted. Like, this is just really common information. Like, you know, most people would know this information. And the truth is they don't. They, a lot of folks don't know the information, the brain science that we talk about in here, the importance that your own history has in terms of how you parent your children. A lot of this information that we start to take for granted as clinicians and professionals in the field, we began to realize, you know, don't take that for granted. Like not, not everybody knows that, you know, and, and it would be helpful for folks if they did know that. And so I think we started to really think about how can we get this message out to more people? You know, I've often heard people say, you know, in high school, they should give a course, you know, in, in parenting, you know, and, and help people understand some of the intricacies of parenting and some of the ways our brains develop and how babies' brains develop and our role in the development of a baby's brain and all of that kind of information. But overall, we really don't get much guidance to, to become parents anywhere, not in school, not other places. And we thought, you know, here we have literally racked our brains for 25 years now trying to figure out some of this stuff. Couldn't we save some people spending all that time and effort and money and learning and distill everything down into the nuggets that we have found in that quest and bring that to others? So that got me really excited and um, enthused about being able to do that. Yeah. So as I was looking through the book, um, Chaddock's mission, vision, and values kept coming up in my mind. Um, you know, for example, the, um, the uh, value of, of learning, um, because that's, that's a, a very much steeped in our culture here at Chaddock and I think has led to us being, um, having the opportunity to develop all of these lessons because we have done so much learning. So was just curious for each one of you, is there something that really um, sticks out or, or connects for you with the book and the mission, vision, or values of Chaddock? Debbie or Karen, I'll let you go first. Yeah, well, in terms of the learning, I mean, I think that that is um, so important and kind of what I was wanting to emphasize too, even earlier that we, we are a learning organization and 
our organization pushes us to be cutting edge and to be looking at the latest and best research. In fact, that's a big portion of how my role was even designed. And so I think that that part is um, so important that we can bring some of the latest research and not just the research. What really breaks down, Josh, is the practical application of mm -hmm. that. And, you know, since we have this opportunity to be working with children and families all of the time in the trenches, knowing that, you know, what, what works for one doesn't always work for the other and continuing to refine that. And another thing that we have always talked about at Chaddock is relationships, relationships, relationships are primary and seeing how healing happens within the context of relationships. Um, I think is also such an important part along with that uh, part of our mission. Absolutely. When I think that, um, and I, Karen, I know you and I have talked about this a number of times that, that childhood trauma often comes in form or is broken by within the context of relationships and therefore has to be healed through relationships. And um, that is one of the reasons why um, that is that is such a core value uh, that we have here at Chaddock, and I think um, was one of the big connectors for me. And as I was looking through the book, was yeah, this is all about relationships and how important they are, and and our role as parents in that in that space. So, mm -hmm. Debbie, uh, what about for you? I, I think you know certainly our <clears throat> our commitment to learning, and that we have made a choice that we will invest in checking, you know, diving into the latest research and really figuring out how to incorporate that. Um, obviously relationships are key. And I think the other piece is, is our value of caring. Um, and that doesn't mean, um, you know, being a pushover or giving kids whatever they want. You know, one of the lessons we talk about is balancing structure and nurture. And I think that's, that's a key component and that's part of how you can be a caring parent. And so I, I really think um, our values are infused throughout all of these lessons. And those values really have served um, as a way to help us prioritize um, and go down a path that a lot of organizations don't go down. Um, to, you know, it's unusual for an organization to decide that they're going to write a parenting book um, or to really dive into the evidence-based practice and practice-based evidence um, of different approaches within the field. You know, we edited a book on attachment-based therapies because we see part of our mission is helping others learn the things that that we have really invested resources into um, gaining a, a depth of knowledge in this field and so i think that um you know certainly all of our values faith relationships responsibility learning and caring are found throughout but but i think really the the learning the relationships and the caring I think are are real drivers of what prompted us to to write the book, and I believe, I certainly hope um, that people will find those values woven throughout the real heart of of the book. 
Yeah. Something uh, that you said, Debbie, um, wanted me to ask this question. Uh, you said that <clears throat> that the organization wrote the book. So you, the two of you, uh, along with with another individual, actually wrote the book. Mm -hmm. But this was really a collaborative effort, and there were you know many staff here at Chaddock that helped develop the the stories or help you know give you help help define and understand the nuggets and then give some of the applicabilities, give some of the examples to help teach or demonstrate the applicability of it. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, can, it, Debbie, if you want to take that. Well, I, you know, Karen mentioned the, you know, one of the challenges that a lot of organizations or individuals have is how you translate theory into practice. Yeah. And so we went to our resident experts, those individuals who've worked in a residential setting for a long period of time. We have a lot of staff with a long tenure here, and they're the ones that have had to translate that theory into when a child is doing this, here's what I can do to diffuse the situation, to help support the child. And so we had focus groups with, with groups of these long-term staff and said, give me an example of how you handle this. Give me an example of if you're training a new staff member into how to um, best respond in this situation, what do you tell them? What do you teach them? And so we really drew on the wisdom of staff throughout our organization. And I think that's it really added to the applicability mm -hmm. um, to any family. You know, at the end of each chapter, we have, you might've tried this, instead try this, mm -hmm. because a lot of the strategies that are really, um, we have found to be very effective, might be counterintuitive yeah. to how a lot of parents were themselves parented. And so those tips, those really taking what is very complex theory and boiling it down to, and this is how you can apply it in your everyday um, encounter situation with your child. A lot of the richness of those strategies came from our staff who are living that every day. Yeah. Um. I guess to that, I would also uh, want to add, Josh, you know, a lot of people are maybe familiar with John Gottman's research in the love lab. You know, we have a kid lab, really, in, in a way, <laughs> you know, where we're, we've been able um, to to look at, you know, in our school, in our environment, um, how children best respond to things and what is most effective at helping children. And I think um, our staff, yes, but my greatest teachers have been the children and the parents that we work with. Because by the time you're looking at residential treatment, which is one of Chadex programs, things have gotten really, really, really hard. And uh, so that group of parents and children, they've really been the best teachers um, in forcing us, literally, you know, pushing us to get better, to know more, to consider unique stories, 
and really be able to serve each child and family and their unique needs. So I would also add um, that this is a collection of, of our experiences that, that they've shown us and taught us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, very beautifully said. I think that that's um, so important that it's not just um, lessons that we learned, but we were taught. Um, yes. by really special families and parents and children that have experienced some really challenging things and um, that we didn't and continue just come up to with be. and continue to be. Yeah. And that we were, we, um, we were taught these lessons and um, I think that's really a beautiful uh, piece of that, of, of this process and, and this story to highlight. Um, Kind of diving into the book itself, as far as like the structure, you know, most books have, you know, chapter one, two, three, but that's not how this book is structured. Um, there's three parts and, and 30 lessons or, or tools for a, a tool bag, maybe. Karen, what was some of the, the reasoning or how did you get to that place of, of structuring the book in that way? Well, uh, first of all, it was 25 years of experience at recognizing many parents do not read books, like whole books. Mm -hmm. You know, they might read a magazine article or a blog post or something like that. Um, and also parents of young children, you know, Josh, you know, and Debbie, you're the same, love to read books. And, you know, suggesting a book and seeing the look on the the face of a parent of toddlers thinking yeah right like the last time i read a book i don't even remember you know uh so we really felt like okay there are a lot of people out there even if you look at the statistics of how many books are read cover to cover by anybody they're really low so we thought okay we need to look at this book as a way that you could kind of pick it up and take something out of it very quickly without having to read it from cover to cover. And so we have to break this down so that there's kind of nuggets that you can grab the way that you would uh, listening to a quick podcast or the way that you would reading a quick blog or, you know, looking at that quick video that's or meme that's going around Facebook. We knew it had to be like, user-friendly in that way if it was really going to be something that parents are going to pick it up and benefit from. Yeah. Debbie, anything you want to add to that? Well, and I think, you know, the, 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 you mentioned the three sections, you know, the one is really focused on the parent and things that, that you can do in how you parent to impact the situation. One section really focuses on the child and how to respond to different behaviors or responses from your child. And then the third section is really looking at that family component and the interaction back and forth between the parent and the child. And I think you know, the, for, for some parents, I think it's going to be interesting to like, wow, if I do something slightly different, that will change how my child responds. And so hopefully, as Karen said, you know, there might be a particular issue, like I'm struggling with this. You know, 
parents can look at the lessons. Oh, there's a lesson on that. I can go straight to that one. Yeah. And it can kind of be a PRN, you know, pull out the chapter as needed mm -hmm. um, at a given situation. And, and hopefully over time, as parents pull out a particular lesson they're struggling with and find value in that, that's going to prompt them to want to go back and look at more of the lessons uh, that are that are woven throughout. Yeah. So uh, let's kind of dive into those three parts. The first part, um, be a leader. And mm -hmm. so um, my assumption is that's the, that's the parent piece, right? We want our right. parents to be the leaders within the um, uh, be a leader within the um, the relationship within the family context of uh, we have to recognize that um, kids, we, we can't put the, our children in the leadership role. Mm -hmm. So um, before we take a break, let's talk a briefly a little bit about what it means to be a leader as a parent. Mm -hmm. And then when we come back from the break, we'll talk a little bit about a couple of those lessons. But um, Karen, for you, what does it mean to be a leader uh, with, in the context of being a parent? I think that this is a, although it sounds like a simple thing, it's a tough thing. Um, so be a leader in terms of how we're talking about it. Uh, and it, it's similar to a lot of the ideas in this book that there's this continuum that we have to have a balance. So we don't want to be too authoritarian. It's my way or the highway, really super rigid. Uh, we talk about that as high structure. Um, at the same time, we don't want to be totally democratic, giving too many choices, giving um, an over-responsibility to the child. And notice I said too many choices. We're not against choices, but it seems like parents sort of flip between um, either not sharing any power or sharing too much power to the point where a child's no longer feeling safe, no longer feeling like someone else is in charge here. Using maybe circle of security language, there's not a bigger, stronger, wiser presence here. I, I kind of have to figure too much out. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at that balance between what is healthy leadership as a parent and talking a lot about that and why that's so important because I think most folks err on one side or another. Uh, so, and you know, even Josh in teaching in other cultures across the world, uh, different societies are more authoritarian or more democratic. So it's kind of even been interesting uh, for me to see some folks saying, you know, we're giving kids too many choices here. You know, we're, we're being too democratic, partly because of our country's democratic values or something like that. And even bringing in the culture piece or, you know, perhaps going the other way. So it, it, it's a big it's a big issue that spans a lot of layers from, you know, your your personal way of doing things in your own history, even into what's being supported in the culture at large. All right. Debbie, anything that you would like to add of as far as what leadership looks like uh, within the context of being a parent? You know, we talk a lot about the relationship bank and making deposits in the relationship bank prior to making withdrawals from the relationship bank. Mm -hmm. And I think part of, and again, as Karen mentioned, the cultural, you know, 
there may be some parents out there that think, well, I shouldn't have to, you know, always point out everything my child does, does well, or, um, you know, things about them, you know, they, they know those things. And so I shouldn't have to always praise them. And it's not about should or shouldn't. It is about how to strengthen that relationship. And when you do have to make withdrawals, set limits, say no, that's going to be much easier, much less of a confrontation if the child feels loved and supported and feels that they do have an appropriate amount of say in their world. And so I think sometimes parents get hung up on that should and I'm being a leader and that means, mm. um, you know, I, I, this is part <clears throat> of the way this works. And it's more about the goal should be strengthening that relationship. And being a leader as a parent is to set up the, the groundwork, the framework for having a strong relationship. And that is letting a child know they're loved, they're valued, that they contribute a lot to this relationship, while also recognizing that the parent is going to set limits and say no. Um, and you as the parent, as the leader, need to make sure that that relationship bank is filled up um, so that the child can hear and accept and be less reluctant um, when you say no or have to set boundaries that that might not be what the child had hoped in the moment. Mm. Well, I think that this is a great place to stop for part one of this two-part uh, uh, podcast. Um, so hopefully we gave them just enough to want to listen to the second part of uh, a couple of the lessons from being a leader. So uh, we'll, we'll stop here and we hope that our listeners will join us for part two. Karen and Debbie, thank you for joining me today. And uh, thank you, our listeners, for joining us today. And we hope to have you join us back for part two of Raising the Challenging Child. This concludes part one of the two-part conversation between Josh Carlson, Karen Doyle Buckwalter, and Debbie Reed on their new book, Raising the Challenging Child. For more info, head to RaisingTheChallengingChild.com. Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. Please follow our site, tkcchattock.org, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or Podbean for future podcasts. If you enjoyed our podcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. For additional resources, training opportunities, and blogs, please log on to tkcchattock.org. We hope you'll join us again as we continue to explore the world of adoption, trauma, and attachment theory. 